0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift Podcast. I'm your host, Mister Zero Lift, in the house. <laughs> I'm joined today uh, by John, of course. Hello. Out in the desert. Oh my god! Uh, and we and we have a recurring guest. We got Jared on the show. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good
1: morning. You good like afternoon. my intro? Yeah. Yeah. Lenny <laughs> yeah. Lenny discovered <laughs> discovered how to use sound effects and. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, it's it's Discord's fault for ever putting a soundboard. I'm going to be putting all sorts of crazy sound bites in there now. Uh, <laughs> today, we're talking about some F1 or the F1 that we're not having this weekend uh, because of climate change. Call up Al Gore. Where's he at? <laughs> um, and <laughs> possible future TAMTAC builds by Jared.
1: So we fun, got that man.
0: on the we got that on the agenda. Boys, it's been a minute. It has. Let's, uh, it let's has. just get an update on people's lives. What are we doing? John, you first.
1: Oh, you guys are going to do that? The you abridged guys, version. You guys are going to do that. To uh, yeah. Okay. So we all talked before recording, and I gave these guys a rundown of my personal life. Uh, I'm not going to give you turds a full, unabridged view of what these guys are. But uh, wow. I've had a very eventful couple of weeks, and um, I'm going to give to give to give a, a an embarrassingly overgeneralized, disrespectful to all parties involved version. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Emotional damage. Emotional damage. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Uh, I fell in love and got ruthlessly denied. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a very subtle way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been contemplating a pretty major career change based on the news in the airline industry. And uh, after talking to a lot of people that have walked this path before me, and a lot of soul searching, and a lot of like just actual research, um, I've decided I'm going to pursue a career in the airlines, and I'm going to leave Saudi Arabia after my one-year contract is complete this fall so yeah they're. i think it's a good move it's a good move i think it is too yeah uh you know I, not this isn't an aviation podcast y'all but like there's i don't know if you guys have been paying attention i, I say you guys we, i mean we do have three world. aviation guys in this podcast that's right true now, so yeah. that's <laughs> <real>. um <laughs> but folks out there in la la land if you haven't been paying attention the airlines have been saying that they are in a crisis level pilot shortage for like the last five years and pay for airline pilots is way up requirements for entry to airline pilots is way down and um i came out here on a pretty lucrative contract thinking i was just going to sprint and make some money for a couple years before i couldn't stand being away from my cars and my stuff and i just kind of realized that i don't have to do that <laughs> uh, so that's what i'm gonna try and do now and that's uh that's the very abridged version uh and i'm not doing very it. very yep if you asked me this yeah. a few weeks ago you might have been able to argue that i was doing this for a woman and now you cannot
0: forever alone <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amen. Oh, oh, uh, so yeah that's my life hey jared how you doing
2: Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Got some big news coming up. Things are going good at the shop and stuff. So, uh, yeah. That's why we we'll want to talk possible uh, some time attack builds, because we want to start competing again. Competing.
0: Yeah, buddy. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, buddy. Me, uh, I've been taking the GTR out a lot since getting it registered in South Dakota uh, back in February. I'm not going to lie. I've been, I've been checking out some some of the car shows here in the Sacramento area. I've been basically daily driving it. Every every chance I get, if I'm going down to Walgreens for a, a freaking a battery, I'm driving the GTR right, wasting all the gas. Um, which I think you guys are gonna call me a redneck for. I think I've finally figured out a good fuel mixture with a Sunoco 110, Chevron 91, and VP
1: fuels additives. <laughs> You are going to set a breaking bag going on over so here. So, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, dead to me right now. I just, I,
0: I know I'm a piece of shit, but like, um, but you're making up to the, a daily drive in the GTR. I'm just saying, yeah, it's cool to I'm see. I'm making up for it, and you and know... I'm taking it on. I took it on driving roads. I went to Lake Barryessa Drive the other day. But let me let me back up for a minute. Uh, I had an appointment with Z Car Garage. I, I've been telling you guys about. Uh, my schedule had changed. Quite abruptly, and so like I had to cancel that, uh, which I think it might turn out into a, a good thing because, as I was, I've been going to more shows, I've been talking to more people. Um, actually, at the show I, w- the, I was at a Cars and Coffee, like a little Cars and Coffee last Saturday, and I met this dude, That's so um, cool. with the with the seventy Celica with Ugh. the beams, a turbo beam swap in it. I sent it to the car spotting page on our Discord. Hey, this is a good plug. If you like what you hear here on Zero Lift Podcast, you could check us out on our Instagram, our Twitter, and we have a Discord server, all under the name Zero Lift Podcast. Check that shit out. Join, like, and subscribe. All of those things. Come Join our conversation. We would love to have you. So, uh, <laughs> I was, I was talking to him, and you know, I had mentioned that uh, I was looking to go down to Z Car Garage uh, for the tune. And for, uh, for work and stuff. And he didn't say anything disparagingly about Z-Car Garage. He was just like, you know, he had suggested a few other tuners and a few others that were closer to the Sacramento area. Because, you know, uh, Z-Car Garage is all the way in the South Bay area of San- of the Bay. So that's quite a trek for me. Um, and, and I might explore those options, those closer options. He said that, you know, that some of the guys over here have quite a lot of experience tuning GTRs. And I, I looked them up. I haven't talked to any of them yet, um, just due to my time. But, uh, yeah, it looks promising. So I'm, I might be going in a totally different direction uh, from from what I had done previously. And that's why I decided to concoct this Breaking Bad gasoline formula to allow myself to, like, to allow my peace of mind to drive safely or, you know, with relative safely to the car. <laughs> but it's been great. She's been performing... Um, as, as she should. There's been no breaks so far. She's been loving the daily driver life, which which is great. I so I have nice. to ask, what's
2: the ratio? <laughs> uh,
0: it's... A <laughs> spoonful here, cup here. It's five, it's five gallons of, of Sunoco 110, ten gallons of uh, Chevron 91, uh, then
1: a quart of VP fuel additive. I want to know how you arrived at this concoction yeah, I have the same thought like why not just find out like what mix of race gas and normal gas gets you there like how did you decide that mix plus they added it like what i don't you, you taste it like what's yeah feel of the car you I, see it yeah. like,
2: sniffing it what are we doing
0: oh yeah we're doing uh, i put my freaking nose in it no uh i have uh, an innovative motorsports uh like wideband gauge and I, i'm just looking at the afr really so it's, I'm not doing any sort of crazy math here. I'm just like, yeah, it's running right. You know, it's, it, there's, there's no knock I hear or anything like that. It's not idling weird. It's not un, under load. There's no weird
1: fuel cut or you know, but did you boost overpressure or whatever? But did you like test the fuel mix without the additive and then do it with the additive and like what change? Like it's just a very oddly specific.
2: Yeah. So like, how did you get the additive into it?
0: Well, it it was just I was at AutoZone and they were on sale and and I looked it up and I did some research and I checked the old school forums, which, you know, we've we've said before are dead, but not they're not totally obsolete. Right. Um, And yeah, it it does not um, give you the extra boost that it advertises exactly, which is weird, but it does just enough with the Snoka 110 additive. Okay. and like it's all roundabout. about like i'm not
2: yeah, doing not everything exactly. with
0: syringe. it's like it's exactly five gallons of Sunoco 110. <clears throat> but you know okay. it's definitely cut down on my fuel cost but she's happy and she's ha- yeah she's happy she's running right uh i just did a sp- uh, major maintenance a few weeks ago the spark plugs uh were just old and i had them on i had the wrong heat level as well so I put the the new part plugs in, right heat level, uh, and so, like, I'll check them in a month. That was a fiasco so, to yeah. find those,
2: too, right? my I remember oh my trying to hook those down with you. Those I
0: never thought, I never thought in my life I would be ordering spark plugs from the UK that are for a Japan <laughs> car and, like, paying $300 for it.
2: Yeah, it was insane. I, my suppliers yeah. had, like, six suppliers that didn't carry it. I was just like,
0: okay. Wait, which spark plugs are these? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the NGK. NGK Racing Plugs. Oh, the race so plugs.
1: Okay, okay. okay.
0: They're, they're, they're about $120 in Japan, or
1: like okay, uh, 12,000 okay. yen. Okay, I didn't know you were running right. the race plugs. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I mean, th- those are pretty pretty run-of-the-mill, at least in Japan, right? But uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, no one else distributes these uh, NGK plugs. It's like all like little small shops that buy them, you know, from japan and then resell them for a crazy market value crazy price yeah so i ended up i I mean i i found another another company in japan that wasn't charging so much and it only cost me like two hundred dollars which to me it's still it's crazy that i'm saying it
1: only cost me two hundred dollars for a set of six spark plugs for my gtr it's ridiculous i like what's wrong what's wrong with the freaking you know bk 90 or whatever like
0: that's what it was no, so oh those God.
1: are that, Those are not the race plugs. The race plugs have a, a serial number that's like fifteen places long. I mean,
2: modern engines are getting there anyways because I, the Lex, new Lexus 2.0 turbo motors those are like thirty three dollar plugs a piece, and they have to be done there like every thirty k. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I mean, don't feel too bad paying that much for your plugs.
0: You know what, Sean? You might be right. I think the
1: <clears> the B B one EX are the iridium plugs so you got you got NGK's got a few but like if i remember right it's been a while since i bought plugs for the GTR if i remember right the ones to get for normal plugs are the BKR9 heat range and then you can get the normal BKR9s which are copper or you can get the EIX which is the iridium one and those are all you know 5 to 10 bucks a piece but then you also have the motorsports plugs which like especially guys with rotary engines absolutely swear by. Um, and those are all like, those have always been like 20, 30 bucks a piece. Right. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Which, which is which
1: the ones that I got. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're so, right. That, I, I did not. I don't think you're that far off for those plugs. I haven't ever run them because I haven't ever had an engine that I felt like was tuned to such a degree. Uh, although when my 2.8 build gets done, I'll probably run them. Um,
2: <laughs> When's this happening?
1: Oh, so uh, I recently shook hands with a shop called SR Works. Yep,
2: That's heard of them.
1: Yep, they're. Uh, I guess they used to be in New York, and they recently opened a location in Texas. Um, so I'm doing some. Uh, I'm doing some JDM car reselling with a buddy of mine that lives in Texas, and uh, me and him got to talking, and there was a shop that I was trying to use. So. Uh, family, very close family friend of mine is watching the GTR up near Detroit, and we had a shop we were going to use, and those guys basically went MIA and didn't return any emails for like six months, and so I got to talking with my buddy that I'm doing the car flipping with, and he was like, hey man, SR Works is pretty legit, and this particular friend of mine is very into high-end JDM cars. He has a Mark IV Supra that is perfect, and it makes about 1,000 horsepower, and he's got it. yeah, he got. Of course, it does. Yeah, he's got a GC8, Subi that is also perfect that he's sick of working on, and a couple of really nice RX7s. But uh, so he's kind of in to like the higher end build crowd. Yeah. And he was like, dude, if these guys aren't talking to you, like, just ship the car down here and take it to SR Works. And I had a phone call with the guy on SR Works. His shop looks like the friggin' Amori factory, bro. Like it is immaculate. There there is a wall of RB engines just on stands and like every part of the engine and every bolt is like valve cover bolts, timing chain bolts, like all sorted out and like a wall of parts where he could just like go and like assemble an RB right there. And he had, I don't know how many r 34s and 33s lined up in the shop on a red carpet. Like it was just immaculate. And I just, I saw the shop and I was like, yep, build my engine, bro. Um, so, he doesn't have the card yet, but here in the next month or two, I'm going to be sending it down there and actually get this cracking. Because um, I already got the block. Lots of times, yeah.
2: Yeah. You got Lots the block of times when you see crack. shops like that, the work usually goes with it, too. If it's yeah.
1: That's guy. what I'm saying, yeah. man. Um, yeah. They have a high reputation. The fit and finish of the shop is to a very high standard. It's all RBs in there. It's all RBs. Um, you found a specialist. Yeah. So, I'm like, yeah. that's probably as close to a RB wizard as I'm going to get on this side of the ocean. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh Are they in Texas? Yes. They used to be in New York, and I think they opened their location in Texas recently. Like it's I don't think I don't think the shop is actually advertised as open yet. But mm. um, Scott had an in just through his JDM car dealings. And the owner was like, yeah, I'd be willing to do a sweet engine build on an R32. And that's kind of how that went. But Very, nice. I, Very didn't, nice. I didn't even expect to share that today. You guys just got it out of me. It's oh. a freebie.
0: There are a lot interest. going on in all of our lives. There's so fucking everywhere.
1: Bro, and I own <laughs> I own an FD right now that I'm intending to. Oh, yeah. And you bought an FD <laughs> Yeah, that I'm intending to flip. And it's dope, too. It's got like an RE. Kyle, uh, please not get rid of it. No, no, I've got it. I got yeah, you. I wouldn't I get you. rid of it. I got you. I got you. He's not going to. I got you. He's not gonna I got to. I told, we know you love your Doritos, you're I not do. rid of I do, I love my Doritos, no, I told Scott, I was like, I, I'm thankful that I'm doing this in Saudi Arabia and I will never see this car physically because I, I, oof, I'm. It looks
0: pretty good from the, the two shots. Call you're gonna see it in September easier. and you're not getting rid of it.
1: Nope, it's gonna be sold, <laughs> it's gonna be sold by then. I need, I need, look, I've been saving money to buy property to like, you know, have some investments and like the real estate market right now is so stupid. And Scott was like, "Hey man, it I got is. pretty good ROIs on this car flipping. If you want to like invest in this, and I was like, yes, I do.' So, uh. I do intend. Here, here's my goal, though. My goal is to, with the profits I make doing this, to eventually buy the right 99 spec FD for free. That is my goal. Mm.
0: That good is goal. What I'm good to goal. Know. That's what I'm trying. I like to Like it, know. Spirit R, you say?
1: I don't know about a Spirit R. I don't know about a Spirit R because the money that they're gonna go for is crazy and they're so limited and stuff and like i have a very clear image of what i want my fd to be and i do not want a collectible car that i'm going to keep like you know uh i was just about to ask what is it turblown i think is the company that makes like a really nice cast twin scroll manifold for a 13b and you just and it's built around an efr setup so like it's just a turbo bolted to a manifold, wastegate blow-off valves, all self-contained, and you're just, boom, 450 horsepower, no external plumbing, just pop, pop, cast manifold, never cracks. And I was like, that, that's the FD I want with, like, a simple V-mount. So
2: v you're mount. Going
1: for a, yeah, fun,
2: reliable Yup, Yep, Audi just
1: driver. dead simple. Put a nice standalone on it, and you're done. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want. Little Little street port action. Nope. That's it. That's it. Nothing crazy. Um, anyway, in that light of a car, with that much horsepower, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be. Late. It's going to be terrific. It's going to be. true. Yeah. But I, I'm oh, trying yeah. to. I'm trying to flip three or four cars from Japan before I go down that road. I'm trying to get some of this. So <laughs> I w- I want to buy that <laughs> yeah. car for free. Um, anyway, who doesn't? Anyway. <laughs> I have the self control. <laughs> no, you don't. You shut your <laughs> shut no, your mouth. Yeah, no.
0: Anyway, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna close that chapter right there. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I got the final word. Uh, the Samola Grand Prix didn't the the one that wasn't this year. We were forewarned. Yeah, uh, Prophet Sebastian Vettel did 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 say that forewarned it was going to be underwater. What what did his shirt say? What year did his shirt say? Was it twenty thirty or twenty I can, sixty? I can't. I don't. I, I think remember. all
2: the pictures I've been seeing, they edited out the date that it had on it
0: to make it look uh, better. But fake news. I,
2: I mean, it's still he's, he is. But yeah, he no, he's, he's
0: yeah. He he's been talking. To, Seb's been been chatting about that whole sort of global climate change stuff. I think he's really uh, he has a few Miami Grand Prix underwater shirts as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, if you haven't heard in the news, folks, uh, the Imola grand prix i'm not going to say the whole thing because i will be out of breath uh, <laughs> uh is was canceled postponed canceled i'm i'm not quite sure i might have to they said they're they not rescheduling it oh the did they say that they oh yeah yeah, yeah schedule, no yeah. it's
1: yeah it's canceled um so we don't we don't have that grand
0: prix that's done because of heavy rain and flooding in that region of italy and like it was, it
2: was bad yeah it was, really but, bad. It was-
0: the river that goes right next right next to the track was totally overflown went onto the track into the paddocks into the mm-hmm. press areas like everywhere just you guys guess you see the prelude like, clear water
1: yep yeah i and so yeah i we didn't don't have see to... that coming look at all i didn't yeah i i heard rain and i was like oh that sucks you know cuz grand prixs get kind of crappy rain a lot you know and and then I saw some pictures, like, oh no, like it's like Hurricane Katrina there. Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, bad.
2: it was cool uh, yeah. to see Yuki and some of the other teams out on the streets helping the helping the town like clean up and yeah. stuff. That was cool.
0: Y- Yuki was down uh, in Alcatari's hometown, um, mm-hmm. where their factory is, helping clean up. I saw that. Uh, so, also. To this Grand Prix, there were supposed to be some crazy changes to the qualifying that we're, we're not going to be able to experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious as to if they're going to move that into a different race. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the shorter qualifying sessions, the changes to the uh, number of sets that are allotted to each team, and the required tire for each qualifying session. So... Uh, The number of sets allotted per team used to be 13 sets per race session. It is now 11. That is uh, in an effort for F1 to reach some sort of sustainability goal, use less rubber, less manufacturing, environmental stuff, right?
2: Now, is that 11 Uh, total or is
0: that 11 softs, 11 medium, 11 hard? It's 11 sets total Total. per race session, Um, which I I think that's pretty significant. Yeah, it's a lot of tires. That is a lot of tires, and having two less sets of tires to like to have to change or to find the setup for the weekend, like that could that could be the difference.
1: It's going to throw in a lot like, of stress on the strategists. Well, and it's also it's also forcing teams to you have to devote a certain amount of effort to each type of tire, whereby in the past, like they could have historical data or whatever, and then just write a set off. Like, I'm, we're not going to spend time on that. And now, you know, one qualifying session's on hard, one's on medium, one's on soft, so you have to run that. Um, so that's uh, sure. making planning a little bit trickier. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's right. also not one of the other changes. Uh, for qual For Q1, you have to run the hards. For Q2, you have to run the mediums. And yeah. if you make it the Q3, the shootout, you have to run the softs. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no negotiations there. I find that pretty interesting that, that they're being this strict about it per qualifying session. Um, I think,
2: I think it'll help though, honestly, because like say last GP, there were, there was a lot of talk of saying that none of them did a lot of testing with, I think it was hards. They were all running softs during practice and nobody got any hard hard tire practice and they had no data on longevity. Remember them talking, they were talking a lot about that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Yeah, didn't, didn't hurt anybody because you saw Max go, what, 30 plus, 40 plus miles or 40 plus laps on a well. set of mediums.
0: Yeah, but that also yeah. goes the other way, right? It uh, does, it does. Like, if if you're dedicating Q1 to only running hards and you don't make it out of Q1, you don't have any data for a race pace in on okay. mediums or sauce. What makes it Rich. practice? Like, it's, it's hell in the
1: strategist yeah. now. Well, yeah, right, and that's what I'm wondering obviously i am not an f1 strategist and i don't we have an idea of how they do their job and the resources they have available to them but we don't know um but i feel like things like this that like are, are that you know it, it's engineered to inject confusion into yeah. it but mm-hmm. i feel like ultimately that only ends up hurting the teams that are already slow Yes, I, yeah. agree. I would agree with yeah, that. Because the fast teams already kind of have their act together. They probably already have better data on each setup and where they can go. And then the I would expect the slower teams, their data isn't as reliable. And so when you inject the confusion, like they're just further behind the power curve of the quick teams.
0: Are you sort of insinuating that F1 and Liber- Liberty Media is making these changes to drum up drama and... Excitement in the race or for Drive to Survive? Kind
1: of
2: like
0: adding sprint races?
1: I think, well, what I think they're, I think they're trying to come up with ways to add drama. I just don't think they're thinking about the measures they're taking. Like, I'm not necessarily saying it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying, I don't think they're thinking about like what the actual ramifications in the second and third order effects are. On the actual race. And you know you have to find a way... Like if you really want to make the racing better, you need to find a way to make the fast teams slower and the slow teams faster. And you have to do that... Without in, giving them all the same car. Yeah, and you have to do that in a way that doesn't make it feel like you're punishing teams for being fast. And I feel like if you have teams in the back that can barely complete a race and then teams in the front that are 30 seconds ahead... When you add confusion, you're not going to make those fast teams slower. You're going to make the slow teams slower. Um, yep. That's what I, I think. I would agree. Exactly. I agree with that statement. Um, so, you know, and it's always like an argument about like cost cap and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, man. I'm kind of of the opinion that maybe they should do – I think there needs to be some kind of development cap because the difference is that the budget – with these teams is just the fast teams have more money to make their cars even better. And the slow teams just never have an opportunity to catch up. So I think it's like a budget or a development or like a, I know a lot of people will cry about this, but if like, what if we did like standard arrow and standard computers and like the only thing that was, you could like, like suspension and engine modifications were completely open. You made the budget cap really low and it just forced people to – you can design any friggin' car you want. It has to meet these fuel consumption and, like, emission standards. Um, and you only have this much money to do it. And so, like, it's not a money issue. It's a creativity issue. Yeah, I can see that. So, like – because right now, I think the big conversation in Formula One is um, – aerodynamics because the budget that you can put into aero development is essentially unlimited and the best teams are always faster because they have so much money to put into aero and like that's it um so what if we i don't know what if we got rid of that i know a lot of people get mad at that because like that's against the spirit of formula one and, and i get it but that's uh, just that's just my thoughts that's just my yeah. thoughts um <clears throat> i'm sure there's a lot of people that don't agree with that
0: yeah, you know, like, I, I would agree to that to a certain point. I don't know about uh, aero and computer, maybe a, a smaller section, smaller part of the, the car to maybe standardize to, to, to your concept would be better. Because uh, let's face it, aero is a huge part of F1, like you had said, and there's almost no budget cap for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's why Red Bull is flying down the straights with the DRS open at, you know, 30 miles an hour
1: faster than any other car on the on the grid. Yeah, it's because of their arrow. But and then you know, uh, what's what's the big argument that everybody has about F one is is companies like the amount of money it takes us to field a team is just not worth it to us. So it's like, so how do we get rid of that? Yeah. How do we get rid of that? Because yeah, and yeah, the cars are really. I think complex. it's all steps
2: towards that. All oh, what they're doing is steps towards that idea. What you have is like, how do you get rid of that?
0: Yeah, you you nice. know the Renault. Renault CEO uh, just recently uh, made some comments about how much money that the Alpine team eats up in a year. And it's like a half a billion dollars is what that Alpine team eats up. Yeah. And So, yeah, you're absolutely right, John. That's a, it's a lot of money that these teams are spending on the cars and development. And, and just to be there uh, because the race fee is part of that half billion dollar, right? you know. And, and but, so, like, for the smaller teams who don't perform, like, that's tough to, to keep to sustain that sort of uh, then, involvement. But you 2024,
2: know, aren't they talking about changing wheelbase and everything else like that? That's going to...
1: Yes.
0: 2026.
2: Six. There you now, go.
1: Now, I do think yeah. that that, I think that that is a good and necessary change because the I cars, so too. you either need to just get rid of street circuits or find a way to make the cars fit. <laughs> um, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> They're getting yeah. so
2: big. you just like, you can't even go too wide in some of the spots. You're just like, what the right? Heck?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because the street circuits now, like, and it's like it's like every single one. There isn't a single street circuit that is an exciting race. No, it's whoever qualified in what order, and it's like, all right, if you don't crash, that's the order. Yeah, and so if we can, you know, it's funny because like if you look historically, like way back when, like people thought of the street circuits as like the best part of Formula One, and now it's pretty much the worst part. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the margins between the cars getting narrower and the cars getting physically Mm -hmm. larger. Yep. Uh, totally agree. Speaking
0: so. of Street Circuits, Ayo. Checo is the Street Circuit King. My guy. This the street this king. Love yeah. that guy. Man, it is a, a tough, tough and close fight and race uh, between him and Max, I think. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing some definite cracks in, in Red Bull's uh, sort of armor relationship. Unfolding. Yeah, there's some drama coming for
1: show. I, mm, I, the issue is that Red Bull is just so fast and like Mm. nobody's going to make an appeal to Checo that's going to make him want to leave even though the relationship there isn't always that good
0: that's true
2: Yeah. do you think Perez Checo is going to take the full Nico Rosberg role he'll fit in what do you think or do you think he's just going to sit there and just try and unsettle Verstappen the entire season just to get him? I don't know. I, I see Checo having bad blood and kind of just not wanting to give a position when he should and stuff like that because of last you know year's what? drama. And...
0: Yeah, I, I see a multi-21 on the horizon. <laughs> 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 or or uh, <laughs> uh, Ricardo Verstappen, Baku uh, down the front straight. Like in 2016, or no, 2018, excuse me, uh, yeah, when they yeah, yeah. kind of got into each other. So you know, eh, I don't know. Check, I some most times I feel like Checo is definitely going to be the mature driver and give Max yeah. space and let him do it. Um, he he
2: will say his comments now about it. You notice that he he's quick oh, to yeah. say the
0: comments now. Now he used to hold
2: back. Now he's like, no, oh, yeah, shows who he is. Whatever he'll say something like that. But yeah, you're right. He is more mature on. He points it out, but he, he lets it happen, like he gets out of the way nicely because
0: he doesn't want to cost a team because you know, team player, he knows what it is to be a team player. Checo is definitely a team player for sure. Yeah. Uh to your to your comment about Nico Rosberg, uh maybe not during the season, but I definitely think that Checo is a one and done champion driver. He he might he might win champion a world championship. And when he does he will retire because I mean if you think about it he's he's already been in F1 for over 10 years and so like he has he's had a good career you get the, the you get the championship you prove to everyone that you could do it you pull a Nico Rosberg or James Hunt
1: you know whatever and you, you just ride off into the sunset well the, uh, the funny thing about Checo though man is that for all the talk and everybody's like well he has to put numbers on the border he's gonna be gone blah 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 for all that stuff the fact of the matter is like, Every season, Checo has had since he got on the Red Bull train has been his best season ever. This one included. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, it's uh, how do you make it like okay? Let's say he finished the second behind Verstappen. Like, how do you argue that a he's not putting numbers on the board and b he's not like happy? Like it's it's you know he was like oh my first F one win and now he's like won a few this season like you know like uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't see that changing anytime soon, unless there's well yeah and he's got to stay in the Red Bull to stay competitive against Max. the exactly. Best shot of beating him. Exactly. So, and, it,
2: and it's not like he's not putting
1: up fast numbers because he's getting the fastest lap on a lot of these races too. So he's right there. And he's faster than everyone but Max, and sometimes Max. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, this is true. So I yeah.
0: Well, I I, time will tell. Time will tell on that. Uh. Now, I just want I want to talk about Red Bull's junior team for a little bit. and Debris.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Deep fried. Deep fried debris. <laughs> he has not been putting up numbers at all.
2: At least he's not taking out other drivers like the TV.
0: Or, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's taking out two drivers at least this this season on turn not one as much. <laughs> and him, him and Logan Sargent. So like the rookies yeah. this year are, are struggling, but we're not going to talk about Logan Sargent because, you know, he's, he's an American and we can't disparage him right now. <laughs> <laughs> but Breeze, who is not Dutch enough. If you uh, listen to our last episode about him, he has <laughs> not been doing well. And helmet Marco, the one-eyed goblin from the North, has made many comments about it. He gave him a three race proposition. Yep. You got three He's races got three races. Yeah. Three race ultimatum to to do better or you're dunked. I wonder so, if this race counts. Hopefully it does. <laughs> Amola uh DNF. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I, I'm sure it's not gonna be like that. But if if DeBreeze doesn't um put up and he's out. Who do you think is going to fill up that AlphaTauri spot? A lot of people say Danny Rick, but I don't think Danny Rick is going to want so to go into a, a less superior car.
2: And I think Red Bull, I don't think, is going to let him go because they need to have a backup in case
0: someone doesn't follow orders. True. And I mean, they, they have Danny Rick doing PR stuff right now, and he's, oh, he's, he's loving He's enjoying it. it. He's enjoying it. His clip and with
2: so, Toby Price down in Australia when they were running the trophy truck with the the Formula One car next to each other was beautiful. If you guys have, oh yeah, that
0: that thing was that's good video, well produced Red Bull promo video. I liked it. But yeah, uh, I think there were there's there is some reserve driver for Alphatari, but I don't know his name because I've never heard of him, um, and I'm too lazy to look it up right now. And so there is there is yeah there is somebody in the wings at Alphatari when when and if. Uh, Nick DeBries does not uh, make the cut, so there there is a start to our silly season I think, which normally you know kicks off in June and July, summer of of F1, so it might be uh an early si- silly season, guys. Uh, Le- Liam Lawson and uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right. A Y U M U A Yumu uh, Owasa. Uh I think Liam Lawson. I think is their first pick. He's another Australian driver. Yeah, that's what they have listed in that order. Liam Lawson and then. Uh... Owasa. I was
2: hmm. about to say his name Awasa, was way yeah so those are their two they got set up or lined up that's what they're saying you,
0: I'm gonna yeah and I'm gonna use this as a segue into our next topic since Liam Liam Neeson is uh, Australian and Australia is home to <clears> one of the most renowned tracks in the world especially for time attack Ooh, we're not really talking. Soon. it's yeah world time attack challenge is coming up soon uh, but we're not really talking about that today because we want to keep it a little bit more local for our board jared here
2: yeah exciting news we got some
0: stuff moving. yeah you sir you yeah. wanna you want to build a tie attack car for real for yep. real
2: yep and we want to be competitive so it's like i figured let's start having like an open discussion pros and cons what you guys think of uh certain cars i want to keep it Toyota, Toyota you know
1: that's the shop, your so. Toyota had that makes
2: sense so i don't know so i've got a couple cars in and debating on, and want to kind of go over what you guys think, and start planning it out. Because not only just want to build one, it would be competitive. Want to get the name out there, and you know, obviously win. Because who doesn't want to win? Yeah. So, so are all we all talking of... like two J, two JZ motor. That's, that's the thing, though. Like I love, obviously, I love my ninety ship boxes. I've always ha- I had an MR2, love the MR2 turbo, stripped down. One of those is you know going to be two thousand pounds. You could push four to five hundred horses out of that thing, and be pretty damn quick but it's like do you go that old do you go something new and do like a lotus exige s which is one of my all-time favorite cars so s2 specifically so it's like what route do we go what route do i start like pros and cons of certain ones so you know, that's kind of open discussion i wanted to do why
0: don't we start with what race
1: series oh john's got a hand I got, up i got a point oh, to, sure, John, go i got ahead. a point to this and it and it ties into the point you wanted to make lenny So, one thing to consider, and I've never built a competitive time attack car, but watching people that do, right, and, like, the big teams that are setting lap records and stuff. Yep. It seems to me like the higher up you go, and this might sound counterintuitive, the higher up in the class section you go. So you said before you wanted to run either street or limited, which is like the limited, limited yep. which is the middle two classes, right? It's one up from the bottom and one back from the top. Um, it seems to me like the higher up the class structure you go, the more viable an old car gets. And I'll tell you why. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah. Because in the lower classes, so say street, you cannot materially change a whole lot about that car. For instance, suspension geometry. Um, The Lotus Exige has way better suspension geometry than your old MR2 from the factory. So the Lotus Exige, no matter what, barring you just being a better driver, will always be faster in the street class. Once you get into the limited class, now you can start doing goofy suspension arms and stuff and more aggressive aero, and the car just resembles what it was much less and so now, in my opinion, the old shitbox and just doing some wild stuff to it starts to make a little bit more sense than ripping and up cost wise. Like, yes. Yeah. Than ripping up a relatively well sorted car to begin with. So it, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think, yeah, the Lotus, if you end up going street, which honestly, I think in the scheme of things is going to be dramatically more affordable than going limited, Mm -hmm. even with a more I think that's the class
2: I mainly wanted to stay towards just because of the cost and yeah so that's mainly one reasons why I was like man the Exige would be beautiful in that class because it's already designed so well and you can again you can't modify too much in the street class so I think that's again that's why one of the street class leaders is a 92 NSX you know it's a very very well developed car Mm -hmm. and they're in the street class so it's your point exactly i I, I hundred percent agree with it so if i went limited i think like your mr2 or god it would be hard to build one but i think like a 92 93 supra specifically built for a time attack would be awesome because i love my straight lines on the cars but yeah probably not the best time attack car just because of weight and everything else but i know those are the ideas that i've been pondering on like what route to go and then it's like you go exige and already get that extra 90 to hundred pounds of downforce that they've designed into it? Or do I go Elise and save, save some money and do my own arrow, which I'm going to eventually have to anyways. So, you know, that's why I was like, Hey, let's have an open discussion and kind of go see you guys' thoughts on that. So, So let's say we're sticking with street class. Let's just, we'll make it easier. We're going to stick with the street class.
1: Well, let's look at, I'm looking at some of the GTA results, right? And it's all in the street class. It's a lot of GR Supras. It's a lot of, newer Corvettes yes. some Evos some newer STIs
2: um, which goes back to your point of the Exige would be better in that class because you can't do a lot of modifications so it's already designed I think that's why people are using those GR Supras yeah and the Corvettes
1: and stuff like that and I think that the Exige is kind of in that like if we were playing Forza it's kind of in that performance class of all those cars yeah um, I 100% agree And then if you look at the limited class, uh, number 10 in the last event was an MR2 Spyder. Uh, So, uh, and an S2000 and an Integra. And I'm like, those guys are in the top 10 of the limited class. And those cars factory were nowhere near, like the fastest car was a, or the second fastest car was a GTR, like an R35 GTR. So how the hell is an MR2 and an S2000 keeping up with the GTR. Well, it's because the limited class, and the car looks like an effing spaceship. Um, yeah. So, but when you look at the street class, um, it's not quite like that.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more the newer car. And it exactly yeah. goes back to your point when you first brought up, is you can't change much, so it's like you have to go with the more well-designed car from the factory to go that way. So I'm thinking, yeah, the Exige or the Elise is probably the best bet. For that class to stay competitive, yeah, and it's a Toyota, it's got a Toyota drivetrain, which is why I love it. You know, which is why I was drawn to it in the first place. And you know, think about it shop wise, it's like if I start, if I get a niche with the Exige's and the Leases, and I'm building these this Exige and any results that also helps the shop because those cars are still around here in Southern California. There are still people driving those around. Yeah, and so and and results show. You know, if we start winning, people are going, "Hey, can you just you know tune my car the way you have yours set up, or do this or do that?" I like the way you do this. So it also brings in money to the shop, which is also another part that I want to focus on with it. And I
1: and I will say, so that was the round one results. Looking at the round two results on the website, like it gets even more stratified. So the limited class, like the winners, was Corvette Z06, Z06, GT3 RS, 911, McLaren 620R. AMG GTS. uh, What what track was that on? This is uh, friggin' Coda. Yep, Coda. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's where the heavy hitters come out on that one. Yeah, Yeah, Dodge Dodge Viper track makes sense. Dodge Viper ACR. And then, like, towards the lower end, you have some of these older cars that got prepped up, like, a bunch of S2000s and stuff. So, like, Limited's going to be a big boy money class. Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking, too. So, it's like, I was more
2: leading towards street in the first place. But I was yeah. like, eh, depending on design or what we want to do to the car, you know, have to go Limited. But I'd like to try and keep it
1: street, budget-wise, obviously. Yeah. And then on the other side of things, like, the car that dominates the street class at that round, like, half of the top 18 were new Supras. Hmm. Um, again, really good chassis, really capable engine. Um, everything's pretty much there from the factory. So you're just doing some, you know, you're on
2: You're doing bolt on upgrades and stuff like that. But even in the street class, you can do some pretty heavy upgrades. Oh yeah. 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 So it's like, but do you have to on a lot of them? A lot of these, the GR supers that I'm seeing on the time tax, they don't have a shit ton of, sorry, a ton of internals. It's a lot. Almost all bolt-on work that they're yep. and they're getting the performance out of it. It
1: goes back to your fact: is it's designed well from the factory. So I don't think that. I don't know. From what I see, like when I see uh, the top three in a class being like a 6 a 911 GT3, and a McLaren. Yeah. yeah that kind of kicks you out, you know. Uh,
2: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't see like you as a guy in your garage really messing with that.
0: No, no, that's why I like the 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 and stuff like that. On the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, I do know a place that's selling a a nine eleven GT (laughs) three cup car for seventy grand. That's a good entry. Yeah, that's good for the limited class. It is, but
2: that's way above the limited class already. Is it? No, I I I want to say the engine mod. No, because there were no no what. I think might be.
0: Well, I mean, the GT3 is a factory factory race car, basically. And then
2: when have really the sequential anything.
0: in it though, GT3, no, it doesn't. A nope. Oh, but no, limited.
2: You can have a sequential in that. Hmm. Well, here's another thing too. Then, so I mean, yeah, it's just. Your, so say million. we're going to go Exige. I don't know of any other Toyota that would be a good base besides the GR Supra, but I'm not a GR Supra fan. What mm. about? And let's say they come down in a little bit of price at the time, which they probably won't. The GR Corolla.
1: GR Corolla, yeah. But I mean, I think the Mm. GR, like, just the amount of work you're gonna have to do to that car to get it to any of these classes. Well, let's say
2: GR Corolla Street. Let's let's focus on street. If you did Exige or GR Corolla, pros and cons of that. I mean, obviously the expense of the GR is gonna be actually more than
1: picking up that freaking Exige. I mean. I think you could do it. You got a lot of like Honda Civic type Rs in the street class doing well. You've got a lot of Subaru STIs doing well. You've got some GR86s doing well. So, like, the Corolla's in there. I just have like a little bit of anxiety taking a new car that is selling above MSRP and then yeah. like, track slutting that thing out. Yeah, and that's that's my
2: thing, too, is, like, and and you really don't get to build any real personality into it. It's already, it's built. Yeah. It's set up, you know, and, and it's, like, you know, that's what attracts me more towards the Lotus, is, like, I can get my hands in there with it, tune it a little bit, start doing different different things
1: to it and make it my own. Well, yeah. And, and the Lotus is high-end enough to be in the running, and it's also old and affordable enough that... Exactly. ...it's not a big deal to rip it apart. Um. And That was my thoughts
2: exactly too. Is it's old enough? It's still up there with design and power performance. Power to weight ratio is beautiful. I'm all about lightweight car. Just love it.
0: Admitted. It. I mean, oh. I, I don't know about affordable, John. I mean, Exige prices are in the sixty thousand dollar range. I right mean, now. Yeah. We're, not, we're not talking 911 GT3 though. I mean, if if you could get a, a 911 GT3 for seventy grand or uh, an Exige Cup. S, let's say, for 68. What's the difference? That's true, but see, like, I would, go for, would, you I would to go for a cup car
2: because probably the the Exige because I love it. I just straight sure. out of love for it.
1: That's one of been my favorite cars for a long, long time. But here's another point, though, is if we're talking about building a track car uh, and the street rules allow me, if I use the same engine manufacturer, I can go two cylinders up or two cylinders down on a swap. So, like, why mm-hmm. would I not mm-hmm. get a cheap four-cylinder Exige and swap a, v, a supercharged V6 into it? Cause-
2: yeah, like the, a lot of guys are doing the um, the 2GR V6, the 3.5 liter V6, and they're slapping either supercharger or single turbo on it just to give it a little more boost. But even then, these guys are toting these 2GRs and the MR2s, like your SW20s, they're putting a, the 2GRs in and... Mm-hmm slight tune 300 horsepower in that light of a car and that bottom end that i had that 2gr has is beautiful in that mr2 like it just pulls so i get your point too finding a cheaper and not even a z you can go at and take 10 20 grand off the price yeah, yeah you can and yeah. and now you just added you know and then you go 2gr and you don't even go you don't even go forced induction induction you just do all motor at that point because your power to weight in that at lease is amazing because you're at 2,000 pounds from the factory. Yeah. Like 20, I think it's like 20, 2,080 pounds, something like that. So it's, that's very light. Yeah. So, you know, and then you do a two GR swap, you got your torque bottom end from this V6 and then you, that thing's got some nice top end. I think you're onto something there, John. I think that's a great route to digest into and
1: look into. I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, uh, I'm a fan of starting with a better base myself. Like me too, me too. Every time I've bought a car in my life, it's been like my philosophy is like, I don't have to get the greatest car, but whatever car I'm looking for, I want the top spec of that car. So, yeah, you know, for me, I'm thinking an old MR2, I've either got to build a space shuttle in a <laughs> in the limited or unlimited class to, to even show up, Or I go street, I spend a little bit more on a nicer car to start with, and I do a little bit less to it. And I would kind of lean towards that. And I get it, dude. Every single favorite car of mine is either late 80s or early 90s. Like, I, I understand. But when you start talking about racing...
2: Yeah, you got to statistically. Yeah, Yeah. you gotta,
1: you gotta, you gotta take your heart, heart, and your your wiener out of it and start thinking with your brain a little bit more. Yep. Um,
2: Yep. And I think that's why I think the Lotus Exige or the Elise is going to look probably best option for staying with Toyota drivetrains that I want.
1: Yeah, because like if you told me if you told me I want to build a time attack car, go. The first thing that comes to my mind is nine eleven. Like that's the first like thing that pops yep. into my head because there's like, there's really nothing faster around a track just out of the factory. Like, you know, nine are setting yeah. lap, lap times that shame exotics As expensive as nine 11s are exotics three times their price are slower around a track. And so the first thing that pops in my head is unlimited track car, nine eleven. um, so, I, I think 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think the Exige is kind of in line with that.
2: I think so too. Like, that's when then, too, when I thought of myself too, is like when I want to be competitive, get, take my heart out of it. The Exige was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Like, it's a great base. And again, wouldn't have to do too much as far as Arrow to get it competitive in that class. And then now you're saying 2GR. I'm like, dude, I don't think anybody's done the Lotus 2GR swap yet, but that would be fun. Now, there is an MR2 with the DSG. Oh, what's his name? There's a guy, he built a white one with the 2GR and a DSG to it, and that thing was flying and beautiful.
1: Oh, yeah. I gotta find it. Oh, yeah. I just... But again, that's a space shuttle. Like, that guy took the car apart. Yeah. He he built a full chassis with motorsport suspension, yada, 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 and he bolted body panels to it. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. It's like, do you want to have the car that you bought, or do you want to just build a car and put body panels on it? That's kind of the... And if you go the MR2 route. Yeah,
2: yeah no, I think in, I think I was already leaning towards the Exige Lotus route, but now that I'm talking with you guys and whatnot and kind of on this, it's probably it's set in stone. I think that's what we're saving for. I'm going to start planning that out. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. We're just going to start researching Exige, Elise, in that 06, 08 era right there. And, uh, yeah,
1: that's and interesting because, huh. And, I mean, one thing to think I'm about. I'm
0: reading the rules for the street class here. And um, I'm looking over tires, suspension, brakes, and wheels. They prefer you use uh, Yokohama Advent uh, AO52 tires. And they give you a discount for it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And was, Those are a pretty decent program. Yeah, uh, the AO52s are the tires I run on the on the GTR. And I've taken it on a few. uh ba- spirited big winding you- road. you? It's uh, 265-35. And we're allowed to go to 295 in that class. Yeah, for, for the rural drive. I just saw that too. Yeah. 295. Uh, those are those bad boys great tires so far i got them squealing on the on the Barris drive the other week and yeah they grip uh they take a little while to get the heat into the tires but you know that could have also just <clears> been <throat> me being a pansy for the first half of that that drive yeah,
1: so. <laughs> i've knows? seen you drive and i don't think you're being a pansy <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, I've, yeah. great tire
2: yeah that's I mean, yeah, i'm looking forward to it i think it's gonna be really exciting it's gonna be fun and it's going to be fun to put my own touch to a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. To do that again. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, and I think it's going to be a blast. And it'd be fun
0: to come out competing and, like, hey, yeah, this was a garage build. You know? It sure has been a while. It's been like 10 years since you had a fun car, right? When did you sell the S2K? Yeah, it's been a lot of off roading
2: since then. <laughs> yeah, since the S2K. You've driven some fun cars, driven a lot of fun cars since then. But uh, yeah, it's since the longer I'm back here in Southern California. Uh, the more I want to get back into cars, and then obviously I like to be competitive, so why not? You know, why not go down yep. the racing route and do that? And plus, I can bring money into my own shop doing doing that. You know, getting advertisement out there as far as performance stuff, and because you know, we our bread and butter is you know, word that yeah, we're absolutely. busy. We got a reputation there, but it'd be fun to pull in some extra, you know, performance stuff on the side. And start going down that route.
0: Have the have the shop buy the car, put it in the shop's name it's a write-off and that can all happen here
2: <laughs> very soon so yeah you know things are changing and uh people are moving around so yeah that's exactly what i've thought about too as far as you know hey maybe a zero lift sponsorship going on the side Ooh, of the car we gotta
0: start talking <laughs> <laughs> We ever get that big that we could sponsor a car absolutely <laughs> Have you guys... Have Sponsor you, isn't always about money. It's,
2: you know, advertisement, stuff like that. You know, it isn't always about money.
1: Have you seen at the uh, the Savannah round of GTA, there was a Miata in the top 10? It was like number yes. six. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen that Miata? I uh, knew. No, I did not see that one. So he's in the unlimited class. It's by Briggs Motorsports, but they actually use the Miata four-cylinder. But they are making 560 at the wheels, and it has a airplane wing bolted to the front of it <laughs> and the back.
2: I can't wait. I can't wait to see this Australia World Time Attack Challenge. I mean, the cars are going to be. Have you seen uh, Farish Quartime's, uh Corvette? Uh, yeah, no. He, he just set the Coda lap record. He's the Coda lap record, the Atlanta lap record here recently. Uh, it's beautiful. You guys got to look. Hold on. I'll, I'll put it in. Oh, fair. Link it in the Discord. but he's—I mean, absolutely, just killing it right now.
1: Setting records, taking names. Yeah, yeah. Dude, look at that! Look at that! That, That—that car has 1,200 horsepower, and it has a Olympic diving board bolted to the front of it. Yes, yes.
2: (laughs) And it's a full (laughs) carbon body.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, once you start going up in classes, anything is possible. But in the lower classes, I would prioritize a more capable car to start.
2: I think so too. And I think it's going to be more fitting for, for the shop too, you know, for what I want to do. I want to be fun. I want to compete. And also, you know, Hey, if I can make business out of it, let's do it. You know what I mean? So I think that's why I made a lot of the reasons I want to stick to the street class and Hey, you know, I'm not throwing a million dollars out of car.
1: Oh my God. I'm just like Googling some of these guys that we're talking about while we're talking. there's a YouTube video of a 600 horsepower R32 racing the may. Corvette, and I'm going to watch that video when we get done here.
2: Uh, <laughs> Ooh, send, put the link in the Discord. I want to watch that one. Yeah, yeah you yeah. got to put
1: the link in the Discord I, for that. I, I'm gonna watch it too. I definitely will. I'll put it in the uh, the GTR Simp channel. Uh, I have or no I, idea I, how think it's go. <laughs>
0: I think we've reached a conclusion to our discussion yeah. here. Jared's gonna yeah. buy a Lotus, make it into a track car.
2: I think a two GR is gonna be uh, a two GR Lotus is gonna be something pretty sick. I think so too. Hell yeah, man! There might. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to start planning this out. That'd be. Uh, we'll have to. Stop. I'll keep it in the Discord. And we'll. I'll start doing some planning. And like, and, hey, what do you guys think about this, this, and, and this? And we'll and go hey, through it. It'd be
1: fun. Hey, Jared, just just food for thought. I am still on the waiting list for the RS two hundred. No, for the uh, Lister Bell, the British company that builds the Lancia Stratos, like. They're, yes. Yeah. Yes. The, yes. Like, I got put on this waiting list like two years ago, and I just haven't done anything. And I, it was like four or five months ago, I just kind of asked them, like, hey, man, like, where are you guys at? And they're like, uh, your spot on the list. I would expect to hear from us to begin the build in late 23, maybe early 24. And well, it's coming yeah, quick. So I was just kind of thinking, like, man, I'm about to make a pretty big life change. Can I still do this? And so, like, I kind of have a, in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I don't want to tell these guys to take me off the list. So I'm going to see if I can get back to the States, get established, get a good paying job in time so that when do they it, hit me, use me up. Use it as motivation. Do it. Do, that's it, it, do because, it. Stay on the list. Stay be, on the list. Because I'm here to tell you, if I do end up getting this Stratos, uh, it's going to get a Lotus 2GR. That's going to be the drivetrain. Uh, because they oh, build. Nice. Oh, no, wow. Yeah. They build the car. They build, When they build the car, they say you can either run a Alfa Romeo 24-valve whatever like 2.6 or some shit or the mm-hmm. or the toyota uh 2gr and we build it with those mounts and we guarantee that it'll bolt right in um and so me being like the guys in europe usually go alfa romeo but for me i'm like yeah, toyota all day uh, you got it dude you have to so we'll see oh
2: that would be bad oh i well, am are we going to see the same time attack challenge
1: i you know what i would do if i built that i would actually put mud flaps on it raise it up and do like rally cross you just,
2: my pants only get so erect. I, so right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll see what oh, life does, God. man. Because if life, if life gets in the way, I'm going to have to stop. But I'm like, man, I wonder if I can beat, I wonder if I can beat this wait list out and actually be good. They, I think you can. Because they say it's going to take like a year and a half of build time once they contact me. So like realistically, we're talking about like a 2026. Three years. Yeah, we're talking like 2026ish when I would actually get the car and I'm like, I might be able to make this happen. Uh, <laughs> I think you should stick
2: stick to it. Uh, we'll see. If not maybe like a zero lift joint project maybe uh, to keep it in motion, yeah. you know? We, we we could talk. We could
1: talk. I was just talk. I was just bringing that up to let you know that I too have 2GR aspirations. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, quick side note, back to the Exige, the 2012, they actually put the 2GR in the Exige. Yeah. So it's the newer version. So it's like, do you save up money and already have it pre-built with that? But it's heavier. It's about 500, 600 pounds heavier. I mean, if, it's bigger, longer wheelbase and wider, the, the more upgraded, the newer Exige. So it's like, do you but here's save up money for that base? Or I'd rather, I
1: love the S2 body, the Exige S2. I would oh, get, wait, the cheaper, the body. I'd very, get the yeah, cheaper. Yeah, it's very nice. I'd get yeah, the cheaper car, car, personally. I would get the cheaper car. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna yeah. be a race car, dude. You're gonna remove every. Well, I've system. got a. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a curveball for you guys today. What's that?
0: Why don't we play "What I Wish I Was Driving"? Uh, uh, did you prep something? I, I just prepped the car uh, when I got the idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: What do you think, uh, Jared? Do you know? Have you heard of us uh, playing "What I Wish I Was Driving"?
1: No. I think well, John, yeah, go John's going to give you the rules. Oh my God. I haven't given the <laughs> spiel in like six months. Okay. Uh, what I wish I have is driving for the audience. And if you've been following us for a while, you fondly remember this from the old days. Uh, it's our automotive version of 20 questions. We have 20 yes or no questions to figure out what car Linny is thinking of. We can only guess the actual car once. And if we guess that car and we're wrong, we lose. Uh, but we have 19 yes or no questions. And then one guess to figure it out. Is that everything? Yes, I remember this game. Okay. Totally remember this game. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, John uh, stumped us last time it. with the V4, what was that called?
1: sob <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <It> sob And <laughs>
2: hey, you know what, John? I, I, you know, I got a little bone to pick with you. you the last time we were, we were picking out your cars, you remember that episode? We were like, hey, you had a list of five cars. We're picking that out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm. Like,
2: yeah, Jared, you act like you know. Dude, I know your driving style. You want something fun to drive, hence why you have a patrol out in Saudi. Right. <laughs> all right. right. You're you want something that's fun to drive, which is why you're not gonna get the vanquish and never would have got the vanquished.
1: Fair. Mm, Fair yeah. point. Fair point. All right. All right. All right. So all right. So uh Lenny, do you have a cheeky hint? Ooh. It looks good in red. Looks good in red. Not a Ferrari. Okay, um, I guess with that, are we? are this the questioning beginning? There
0: was a lot of cars that look good red. Oh,
1: oh, uh, one more ground rule: is this like generation trim specific? Ooh. No. Okay. Uh, just as
0: an aside, before we start, also Jared, I absolutely hate red Ferraris. I think Ferrari red is w- one of the worst reds ever in existence. Detest it i actually kind of agree um (laughs) yeah i i yeah i could agree with that okay
2: i'm not gonna 100% agree with it but i agree with it
1: (laughs) all right all right lenny does this car hail from japan no Mm. um it's a good
2: to break this is it mid-engine
1: Yes. Okay. Is this car European? Yes. Okay, a mid-engine European car. Uh, obviously, we don't need to ask two-door or four-door because you know
2: mid-engine gonna be.
1: Yeah. So. Um, uh, all right, Linea. Um, I, I got. I got an idea. Lenny, I'm, I'm going to call... I'm going to define something real quick and then ask you a question based off that definition. So, okay. I would call Lotus and Porsche the upper echelon of cars that I would not consider exotic. Does that make fundamental sense to you? I can agree you? with that. Okay. okay. With that in mind, is this car considered Exotic.
2: That's a no. Mm, no. Oh.
0: When <laughs> it was in production, no.
1: In this day and age, probably. Okay. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll take that. I'll <laughs> take that. I'll call it sort, exotic, sort of. Um, no, I, the, he's I give you a like straight that. answer on that. Let's
2: see. Um, he does love... Shitbox era. So are we talking... I'm thinking late 80s is this car. <laughs> it's definitely a shitbox. <laughs> and something about it, because I just saw one, but a Fiero is popping in my head.
1: Okay. Um, that's American now. I know, I know. But his answers tell me like... Yeah, hmm. I'm kind of... i um like a lotus esprit something like that esprit yeah hold on uh okay 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 yeah i'm kind of wondering if it's something like that uh yeah, yeah lenny, that's what i'm thinking lenny is this car closely associated with any actual motorsport yes okay <laughs> Jared, I'm kind of. I'm kind of debating. Yeah. I'm kind of debating narrowing down the nationality. Do it now. Do it. It'll help. Okay. Um, it's sort of exotic. It's a mid-engine. He admitted it's a shitbox. I'm wondering if it's French. Mm. Leonard.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> His face.
1: <laughs> Is this car French? No. Okay. I mean, most like motorsport French cars like fit all of those descriptions, but this is not French. Um, um hold on, I feel like I gave you guys a bit of a red herring
0: with the "it's a shitbox" comment. Yeah, um, let me let me explain myself a little bit there. It was a it it was a shitbox in its production era. It's maybe not a shitbox now. Uh, from the drivers' owners' experiences, they would all probably say it's a shitbox. <laughs> but the normal person
1: would not think so. But it is a mid-engine car. Um, If that made any sense. Yep, okay. (laughs) That sounds awful Italian. Is this Italian? It is Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We we got a lot of hot takes this episode. Yeah. Um, (laughs)
2: I'm trying
1: to Lydia's. see the Italian mid-engine. Is this car from the 80s or 90s? No. Ooh, that's a big Ooh. one. Ooh. Got to be newer. Or really Brian. old. Or really old.
2: Yeah, but mid-engine's making me think newer, just because, like, 70s mid-engine, well, I don't know. They're um, out there. They're not as
1: popular. Yeah, they I are, they are. Uh, well, we can just... Okay, we got 80s and 90s. Uh, Lenny, is this a post-2000 car? It is. Well, there you go. That's Italian, two-door, mid-engine. It's a
2: mid-engine. What else can we ask on this thing? What are we at? We're at like eight questions, nine questions? That
0: was nine.
2: Yeah, that was nine. So. nine. Do we want to specify the engine
1: cylinders. Maybe help us out right there what route to go. Hmm. Switch thing. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if this is like an Alpha, like a 4C or something. Um, <laughs> actually, that's the only car I can really think of right now.
2: Well, because isn't Maserati, no, Maserati Italian, right?
1: Oh, yeah. But they didn't make Maserati's any mid-engine cars. Except for the MC-12, which is like firmly exotic. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's 2000,
2: so it's not going to be like 308 or Nope. not a, like a. It's not going to be like a Fiat freaking. Wait, and it's it's, it's
1: associated with motorsports.
2: Yeah, that's what's throwing me off. I mean,
0: hmm, do do do, yeah. do 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 uh, f- oh, do I got the perfect sound for this. Oh, God. Right, <laughs> question 10 yes. or 11? Question 10.
1: 10. Uh Leonard, is this car a six cylinder or less? No. Hey. Okay. okay, so that means it's a V8, V10 or V12. <clears throat> Mid-engine Italian V8, 10 or 12. Uh, and would you say it does not look
2: good in red or something about red? What was that? He was said, said gonna... it does oh, look it,
1: good in red. He said it does look in red. Yeah. But he hates Ferrari mm. red. I hate Ferrari red. Which leads me to believe it's not a Ferrari. Mm. I hate this. I hate or is this. it? Because he hates it. I hate
0: this. So much. Um, I hate this so much. Um, it's very perplexing, it's... I know.
1: It's an Italian v V8 uh f- I mean, that's a lot of options still that is a lot of options still it is and it got rid of the car I thought lot it options. might be uh lenny is this a ferrari it is a ferrari okay okay that takes that out right here that was 11. you guys yeah. got eight more
0: que- guesses eight more questions and a guess
1: Okay, so it's Ferrari with a bunch of cylinders. That's a- <laughs> with a bunch of cylinders. <laughs> that's a piece of shit. Oh, it's not the
2: 360s talking about, is it? How is
1: this a Ferrari that wasn't considered exotic at the time? Hold on a second. I that that's... what's
2: like their lower end? <sighs>
1: um
2: I mean, well, because no, because like right. the 360 Moderna was still a good car,
1: but would
2: yeah. you consider that
1: lower end? I'd still consider that an exotic. Anyway, it's probably like a Stradale or something. Anyway, okay, uh, is this a V8 Ferrari? I would, I would not. I would not say a Stradale is, is not exotic. Yeah, a Stradale is absolutely exotic. Is this a V8? Okay. It is a V8. Okay, it's a V8 Ferrari that's not necessarily exotic. I don't know how that works. Okay. Um, it might. It might also be a, a subjective thing for me. Fair. Uh, associated with motorsports. <clears throat> um.
0: This one was associated with motorsports. Quite a few, actually. Series.
1: What
2: about like? Oh, how do you pronounce that? Is it the Berlinetti? Berlinata? Berlinata? Three hundred and sixty. Yeah, the three hundred and sixty Modena
1: Berlinata F one. Well, that's just a. That's, that's like just, a That's just a 360, bro. Like that's that's what they're. Like, um
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like he's saying it's kind of lower end because he's questioning if it's exotic or not. So I'm trying to look is, at like what okay.
1: they're. Does this have a? Does this have a 3.6 liter V8? No. Okay. Well, that takes out that car. <laughs> does this have a 4.3 liter V8? It does. John, i think you're onto something okay so it's from the the F, the 430 generation or some derivative thereof uh and he said a stradale would definitely be an exotic so it's not a stradale and the 430 is widely known as one of the best most reliable ferraris ever made so i highly doubt it is a 430 because he said oh, wait is
2: the, it is the california mid-engine no Ferrari California? No. Oh, that's front no. engine, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's front engine. Uh,
1: what is a piece of shit Ferrari that had a 4.3? Uh, that was like the high watermark of their reliability and stuff.
0: Huh? Yeah! Debatable. <laughs> no! <laughs> I think you might have offended John there All a right. bit. <laughs> I guess the car then. If you if, 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 Then we can have this discussion.
1: Well, I, d- I don't want to lose, bro. Um... <laughs>
2: uh, Because I don't want to just spit out like F four thirty. You was
1: this was this like a was this like a mainline Ferrari release? Like like a you know like a basic flagship car? Like it was, yes. Okay, main. So it's got that was question fifteen. Yep, mainline. Yes.
2: Um. Um. Mm -hmm -hmm. it is. See, that came in the California. That came in the Fer- oh, F1, the F154 uh, is what it's called?
1: Lenny, was this car um, standard spec with a F1 style transmission, but ha- was one of the last Ferraris to have the option of a gated six speed? Yes.
2: <laughs> John, I'm pretty sure has it in his head right now. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, Lenny, was this the Ferrari F430?
0: Dang, it was the Ferrari F forty. Congratulations. Wait
1: F four thirty. I said four thirty because f four thirty okay yes, sorry thirty.
0: Wait what it was uh produced what? from two thousand five to two thousand ten. So... I have and bummed. when I say it's a piece of shit in two thousand nine there was a huge Ferrari recalls for huge Ferrari recall for two thousand US spec four thirties because of uh high risk of the engine catching fire well, due to the hydraulic system leaking onto the engine, causing the hydraulic system from the convertible soft top uh, that is... Out of uh, all things to fire.
2: fail, the hydraulic on the convertible soft top was what was going to make this thing go up in flames. Yes. Wow. Interesting. Why would you consider that not an exotic? Yeah, why is that not an exotic?
0: Yeah. Uh, because their production... Because the, they produced a shit ton of them. There was, uh, like, five variants, and... I can okay they, and I'll and the basic way. the basic bitch 430 uh, they produced quite a bit we we got there but now the now because of so many fires and you know posh dudes wrecking them they're
1: pretty low in in surviving numbers so, I can yeah I can understand
2: your comment now after all
1: that four 30s. I still kind of have a bone because the F430 was a um it was considered a revelation in terms of service and running costs in Ferrari. I mean, I guess the 360 yes, technically was correct, John. But, um, but uh, I think it catching
0: on fire. It's perpetuity. A catch on fire. It means it's a <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all 90s shitboxes. Right? <laughs> uh, Two thousand shitbox. Uh, and with oh, shit. and with
0: that being said, that's all we got on this episode yeah. of Zero Lift. Uh, if you've made fun. it this far. I'm going to plug our shit again on socials, uh, Zero Lift Podcasts, and we have a Discord server. It's all linked in our uh, link tree uh, in the bio. Hit that, hit us up, join the conversation. Uh, John, Jared, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Missed you
1: guys. Always fun.
0: Keep it pinned, folks.